This is Taking Back the Reins podcast. I'm Dina Shale. In this show, you'll learn how to recover and thrive by working with horses through trauma-informed equine-facilitated learning, because it's time for you to take back the reins. Hello. So um, today I'm joined with Marta, who we've probably met about three years ago now, didn't we, when I did the introduction into the uh, somatic international training and I was originally drawn to you because you share my passion of helping people with stress and anxiety um, and you use horses as well but you're obviously in a much nicer environment than I am because you're in the sunny Spain um, <laughs> which um, obviously I came to visit last year as well which is the most beautiful idyllic place um, and um, I came and did some training with you, which was amazing and a really memorable experience, especially going up those mountains. Um, but today um, we want to talk a little bit about um, somatic healing and the work that we do. Obviously, you're more of an advanced instructor than me. So obviously, you know, I'm really keen for you to talk about how um, the work that you do impacts people and we're hoping for you to come over in in um, May as well this year so and um, we want people to hear that um, you know you're coming over and um, your work is is obviously more advanced than mine and gets more deep into the nervous system regulation but let's talk a little bit about you Marta tell us a little bit about what you do and your journey and um, how you got into working with horses as well. Yeah, thank you, Dina. It's uh, amazing that it's three years already. The, the time goes so quick. Yeah. Well, all the story began because um, I I met a horse. I was 40. I met a horse. Never never had uh, horses at home or, you know, all these stories, horses from, from teenager. No, no. At my 40s, I met my first horse. But the horse made me feel a lot of things. The horse, the, the relationship with the horse... Uh, made me feel something that I was not used to feel working with people or being with people. And that was really astonishing for me. It's like uh, understanding what was going on in a round pen with people and horses in my head. But then I, I just come into the round pen and all my stuff disappear and I felt my body blocked. I didn't know what to do with all that. So for me, it was so incredible that outside I could think and it was easy in my mind but I was into the round pen with a horse and my horse reacted completely different and that was the the the, the beginning then I went to the United States and I had a, a huge session with a horse I get into an anxiety and, and a, a fear I thought of myself that I was uh, brave and clear in my mind and then uh, in a second the horse went mad I went mad and everything was completely different so um, after that session I was doing uh, horse coaching in Colorado I thought Martha you have to know more about people because I had an idea of myself and then all of a sudden I was in 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 a mud completely different not not being able to react or organize or, or, or nothing so there I met somatic experiencing in the United States. And I think you have to learn that because uh, you have to know more about people if you want to do horse coaching with people. Because myself, yeah. I was not aware of what happened in my body. 
So I began to do somatic experiencing, learning more about people. And what was the surprise that the more I learned about nervous systems of mammals, the easiest that was my relationship with my own horses. So mm. I begin to discover that between animals, mammals, the nervous system is the key. There is a language driven by the body sensations, the nervous systems that allow me to connect in a different way because a horse is different from, from humans or from dogs. So um, it was much nicer, the relationship I have with my horses. They teach me a lot. And, and the best thing that they teach me is to be aware of the very, very tiny little changes in the nervous systems of myself and other people. That was the beginning. Yeah, and I think we've all had one of those special moments, haven't we, where we've met a horse that's taught us that. We've had that experience, that experiential learning that we talk about, um, because many people say to me, I don't get why you use horses. And um, it's an experience that you've had that completely changes your path and the way that you think about things yeah. and the way that you feel. And actually, you know, um, I, I know somebody bought this to me about 15 years ago, learning about the nervous system and how that uh, re sort of has an impact on you and your animal, your horse. Um, but uh, it went over my head. I just wasn't ready to learn at that point. But this journey continued with my horse and the same as you, you have that light bulb moment, don't you? And this is where we're different in what we teach. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm working in the UK and, and I have um, a number of horses that I work with um, and we, we deliver projects in the same way you do. Um, but you need that light bulb moment because the theory sometimes just isn't enough. Yeah, that's what happened to me. You know, now I know the nervous system is organized in a way that when you feel threatened, you cannot think sometimes. It's blocked. Something in the nervous system is blocked. So that's the 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 thing. In normal life, you don't feel so threatened normally. But a horse, you know, is so big and predictable as you don't know it. I mean, horses are not something, some animals that you have at home. In England, I don't know, but here in Spain, not everyone has a horse or has a relationship with a horse. So for me now, what is amazing of a horse is when you met the horse first time or one new horse that you don't know, the nervous system is challenged because you are in front of a new uh, being and the nervous system has to decide if is it safe for you or not. The more that you yeah. approach... And then you react. There is many uh, times that you cannot think as you probably think in therapy, let's say. In therapy, you can think, you can be blocked, you can be disconnected. But in front of a horse, every tiny thing that happens into your body has an impact on the horse. And it goes quick. You know that it goes quick. It's a second, a way yeah. of looking at the horse, something that that goes into your mind it's it's quick mm. and that is what is really helpful because um people begin to be more um 
sometimes not authentic, but they cannot think in which word are they using. They cannot prepare. They are there and they, they have to be themselves. I mean, they cannot think of <laughs> doing something. They are doing. They are mm. doing on the very moment that, that they go out of the car. And, and what, what, what people don't realise is that, that horses are, people think, you know, have this vision that you stick a bridle on a horse, you stick a saddle and that's all they're good for. We jump on a horse, you know, click it to go, pull it to stop. But actually... Um, I think it's starting to change now where people are starting to realise that actually it's man's agenda to jump on the back of a horse and actually yeah. they have another value and they can teach us more about ourselves than we could ever learn just in theory. Yeah. You know, they, they, they read body language, they, they sense what's happening in our nervous system and they're the most um, clever... Um, animals on the planet, I believe. I am absolutely in love with them, and um, they'll never be a part of my, not be a part of my journey or my life. Because, um, and when you work with them so closely, like we do, you get to know them so well. I mean, watching you work with your horses last year was was amazing because you know them better than probably you know your partner. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> in a different way. I mean, what I see from my clients, you know, human, we are a social animal. And what we love most is being together. So being together with an animal. And when you go with that animal, you know, on the ground, just walking and together with no rope um, is always a big thing for people. I mean, it's not going with um, a dog that you, you have a rope, you know. With a horse, no rope, you stop, the horse stops, you look at some place, the horse stops at some place, you go running, the horse runs. This synchronicity, this being together opens the heart in a way that I've seen, uh, I never I never saw that with other animals. People get completely astonished and 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 it's 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 some some feeling of being together. I don't know how to explain that. You know that, but every yeah. time going together is something that's really healing because humans are social animals. When we are alone, it's really painful, and and our society now has a lot of pain being alone together, but alone, disconnected, and and with a horse you have to be in a place and learn. It's it's um how to say it's a funny way it's a beautiful way to learn to tame your own nervous system you know it's like dancing or singing it's different it's being together with a being that it's huge with a, a huge heart and it's it's wild at the same time you know it it, it it smells wild and it smells animal and and i think that all humans uh, remember when we live you know in in the countryside because we we are we are made to living in nature not in in that cities absolutely so i mean we we obviously have a primal instinct to live on the land with our with our animals and what we're teaching people in our work really is to reconnect with those skills that we've lost yeah. and um it's 
fascinating to take people on that journey of change once you use an animal to demonstrate all those things that that, that we've been socially um, taught to ignore or socially um, created behaviors that actually uh, are not serving as well anymore and 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 obviously you and I have both come to a point in our lives where we've um changed our direction and chosen to to take that journey with horses and because those things that were happening in our past before mm-hmm. um were not serving us well anymore and we've we've want to discover and learn more about ourselves and you are right we shouldn't live individually and we should live in packs and we were always meant to live in herds weren't we yeah. like the horses yeah, but tell yeah. me a bit about your helping the prisoners because this is like the fascinating <laughs> bit for me that I just find absolutely fascinating. If I'd be coming to the prisons with you if if it wasn't all in Spanish, because I, you know, oh, I, I you don't understand it. If you want, this morning I was talking for with a client of mine that it's working in other prisons in in Asia, <laughs> and and with other type of inmates. What is interesting in, in prison, I remember the first time I entered prison and I, I, I went into a big room with different inmates and I felt like, you know, that this is really animal. It's it's animal in the sense that um, it's not the words. Uh, usually they are so good at looking at people and knowing about body language that I, I felt comfortable with that because it, it was like being... With, with horses, yeah, and um, what is really nice to work with them with the horses is that the horse don't judge, and probably um, the teaching for most of them is to feel that they were threatened, they were traumatized, and they can see themselves in another way and being helped by the horse and and by by me to get back to this feeling of being together and not seen as something bad you know it's there we are hurt everybody works the same way me the the, the psychologists the inmates we are together mm. and this is this is really huge because they learn tenderness like you say i mean the more tender you are the more connected you are the more that you get from the other one mm. I the mean, connection think... is very, very important, isn't it? And and this is one of the big things that I learned from you when I came over. <laughs> you know, you, you come and do this training and then you go away and you have time to reflect. And what I learned about my training with you was this power of connection that was missing in my life. And I needed to feel connected to to be able to make a very good choices in my life and at that time you know I wasn't making great choices I was disconnected through different things that had happened and actually I came to you at a certain point that was the right point in my life to reconnect and and um and feel reconnected to myself again and it was amazing for you to give that to me as the gift of that journey um, and, you know, part of what we teach now is is about that power of connection and, and it's people can override that and not see it and not know how important it is. Well, the thing is that I, I, I have a, um, some questions. When people get disconnected from themselves from a, a very early age, they don't know how is the sensation of being connected because they never had it. 
So they cannot miss something that they never got. So yeah. it's like, you know, um, you mm -hmm. have to offer an experience of connection to feel it. Because and this is where this works amazing, isn't it? You yeah. know, we teach, you couldn't just teach that, could you? You couldn't say, here's the theory, yeah. you know, go away and get connected. We're giving people that opportunity to have that light bulb moment that they wouldn't have any other time. Yeah. It's yeah, a, again, a gift. Yeah, and you said before uh, you were disconnected, but to have a connection with a horse, the first thing is to connect to your body. If not, you will not be able to talk to a horse. Yeah. And, and that's the gift. And that's the, the idea. You go to your body and when your body is completely connected, then you know what to do always. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's simple. But you know where to go. You go south, you go direct, you stop. But when you are disconnected from your body, your brain takes all the decisions. And there are decisions not coming from, from the body and the heart. Mm. And then you get lost. But that's exactly how the um, the biology of a horse works, isn't it? You know, they are a prey animal and some people don't understand the, the, um, the makeup of a horse because they don't understand that they're preyed upon in the wild. And this is why they have to stay in their groups because yeah. they feel safety in numbers and they're preyed upon in the wild and they have to be able to use their body in the same way that we're trying to teach people to um, be aware of what's happening in their surroundings and your body becomes the navigator of your world. Yeah, like, like us. I mean, what what is the, the big piece of a horse is that when some human approaches a horse, the nervous system has to scan if is danger in that animal, in yes. that human, okay? Yes. And then... Different states of the nervous system makes the horse more nervous and others makes the horse calmer. Mm. So in that, you have um, a reaction of the horse that, that offers you always um, some information about how is your nervous system. Even if you're not aware of that, you have someone showing you you are calm, you are in fear, you are disconnected, you are incongruent. So at, at the very second, you have something, something that is teaching you what is going on. And that's a big piece. And, and without that co-facilitator, let's call them a co-facilitator, we're the facilitators, but without that co-facilitator, you would never learn that, would you? No. I mean, we're very tuned into our bodies, obviously working with animals, probably more than, than if we weren't working with animals, but... Um, when you're um, an animal, that feedback is something that you would not have got anywhere else. You know, that feedback they give us is so valuable. And then for us to be able to, to work with our partner, our animal that helps us to facilitate that for a client, then it's such a powerful space to be in as a facilitator. Yeah, but the facilitator has to see what is going on with a horse and what is going on with a human and then do the link. I mean, yes. when you work, for example, some people work with horses to work on fear, for example, and then after the session, you don't fear the horse. But my work is a little bit different. 
we work and and see how fear feels in your body and how do you do when you feel that fear and just uh, accompany you to get this fear out of your body not getting disconnected when you have this sensation and and we do some gymnastics of the fear we don't get disconnected we come back from dissociation we see the horse doing you know and then that behavior is exactly the behavior that someone is having when when he's going to work or when have some problems and then after the session when you've practiced with your own body with the guidance of a good facilitator yeah. next time when you experience that sensation you know what to do you know what is going on and and that's the key point yeah and i think um that's a, that's you know exactly right and it's fascinating to hear you say that because um you know i've experienced all of these things coming to you in learning more and more in depth about how my body operates and and actually you know at times i know that i've gone into functional freeze and you know obviously we experienced that when i was over there because I was disconnected and when mm. you can you can you know put all these dots and, and lines back together it makes sense as yeah. to how and why you do what you do yeah. um and you know the amount of people that are living their lives in in disassociation um you know and I'm quite savvy and and uh, have done a lot of my personal work um but it just shows there's still a lot of work to do and yeah. there's a lot of people out there that haven't even started that healing journey. Yeah. But, you know, we, we know a lot about the nervous system. The point is how we do take that into something practical to help people. I mean, we know we, we do a diagnosis of someone and, and, and this someone keeps in, in, in all that stuff for ages because it's, it's difficult to bring that back. And mm. that's difficult because trauma and nervous system work is about relationship. You need someone that it's regulated, that it's with you, you know, that it's not a scare if you go up into rage or something that makes you come back. I mean, it's relational. So when you begin this journey, you have to work on your own nervous system. That's my my instrument. Yeah, and, and I think what people don't realize is that and we work on a scale of one to ten in our work so you know we see a lot of young children go from zero to a ten and they're disassociated or they've gone into the fight and flight and actually when we're talking about working on the nervous system we're working we're talking about the window of tolerance aren't we mm -hmm. you know that um that that bit of a gauge in the middle that you expand and um, you make so that, you know, simple things. And let's talk about the spider on the wall. You're not going to, you see the big spider on the wall. And I bet you have big ones where you live. <laughs> the big <laughs> spider on the wall. You go into flight. Ah, I'm off. And off you've gone. You've run because this spider is going to kill you. And obviously we could go into a lot of talk about perceptional danger. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. danger of that hawk, that spider killing us. You've gone into the fight and flight, but actually we need to 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 work on that uh, bit in the middle where you say there's a massive spider there behind you, Marta, but uh, I can cope with that because I'm going to retreat from it and, and come back in and um, not go straight into the fight and flight. And lots of people 
don't have any tolerance in their nervous system at all when it comes to the perception of danger. Yeah, because, you know, trauma is uh, automatic. If you feel in danger, you act as is danger. And the thing is to have someone at your side at the very point that you begin this automatic behavior. Yeah. Because that's what the, the, the key is. Many, many people that are listening to us will, will know that. I know what I have to do. When it happens, I can't do it. It's all the time. So I get there. I know it. I come back from a session. I say, I won't do it anymore. I do it once again. And I feel really guilty and really in shame after that. That is trauma. You get caught into the behavior of this nervous system, you know? And and that's my work to see exactly what happens to take it before it happens. And yes. see which is the trigger, which is the sensation that all the behavior begins with. So you have to be aware, ping, something is happening. What can I do? I can do something, you know, yes. and change the pattern of the brain. So it's like walking a new path. You know, yeah, you, the brain tell, tell you go right. And you say, no, there's another path on the left. That, that's my work. Let's go to the left. And then it will go back to the right and say, no, go back to the left, to the left, to the left, since the brain just forgets about the right, you know. And obviously, you know, when I came over to see you in September, we worked with your dear friend. Do you want to say his name? Because I still can't say Javier. Javier, um, who was a joy to be around. Um, and his um, specialist um, work is around developmental work with children and it was fascinating to learn and obviously I knew this anyway that a lot of our patterns that um we've created as children through our childhood the things that shape us are the patterns that we now need to pick apart as we get yeah. older yeah I mean when people connect with their own trauma or their own conflict the body begins to show at what age that was happening I mean, many people, you will see many people when they get nervous, they begin to do movements like this. It's like the they're trying to soothe themselves, you know, or um, like there, there are many things that are really interesting. The mind forgets about images and, and, and many things, but the body is like a book. You, you have to put some pressure onto the body, activate the body, and you will see at which point the body gets stuck. And there is what we have to work. It's not only being with a horse, you know, it's like uh, beginning to work with a horse. The horse always offers something. You know, if you get stuck, if you get blocked, if you say nothing, if you look at one place or you look at another place, that's a lot of information about what is going on inside a human. And, and obviously, you know, um, we come across a lot of people in the UK that have problems with their horses. Well, um, you know, the horse usually gets blamed for that behavior that they're exhibiting. And um, sometimes it's it's actually what's going on in that person rather than the actual horse. And I mean, I've learned that through my own experiences with my amazing horse, Harry. But um, there is usually one horse that comes along to teach you these things that you're, you know, you've you've been drawn to him for. He's there for a reason. And um, yeah, lots of people think that, you know, it's a horse behavior where in actual fact, the horses read body language, the horses lead, read your energy. 
And they also, you know, read intent as well, don't they? So, you know, they know what's going on in us more than we know ourselves, which is quite sad. Yeah. Well, it's for his survival. And another thing that the horse helps you a lot is about dynamics. I mean, your behavior is not the same in front of someone or someone else. Mm. And and there are many behaviors that you can um, solve when you interact with horses, different horses. You know, my horses are completely different. I have horses that say nothing, horses that ignore you, horses that wants to be with you. So people are different in characters as horses are different. Each horse is an individual. So what is interesting is which horse makes you feel something or something different. It's not the same, the same exercise. Some horse will look at you like this and you will feel that, whoa, uh, he's looking back to me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> or another one will say, oh, she wants to be with me. The perception of the world is something that it's it's related to the nervous system mm. and 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 that is really amazing uh the dynamics even in couples it's amazing how couples are so different but when when the woman is activated because she gets into anxiety and fear gets blocked and the other one activated it's angry angry and in both different types of activation is blocking each other you know and it's 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 really interesting. That happens also with mothers and sons. The son is in fear and then the mother is in more fear and something gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, like mm. with horses, you are fearful of your horse. Your horse feels you because you're insecure, is more agitated, and then it's difficult. So mm. we are like mediators, you know. We, we, we try to accompany people to a place where they can talk to the other one you know they can have a conversation but if the nervous system is activated it's difficult yeah. to meet the other one so yeah. it's, it's also that work how can I put people in a place in an internal place that being able to listen see and have a conversation it's much easier because having a conversation, being really anxious is dangerous. It's where yes. we fight, is where we flight. So which is the way to go back, you know, to ventral bagel, to the place we feel um, the other ones, we are ready to connect, ready to open, ready to have a conversation because perception is different. You are overactivated and you only see what you have in front of your eyes. You lose all that. You smell different. You don't see other things. You feel your body different. It's, it's, you know, our work, it's really useful. I help people that have to go to court, for example, for domestic violence, people that have to see people that have beaten them. I mean, I have to prepare. Some, somehow it's like I prepare people to go to war, to difficult places, you know, with with different resources, we, we need to feel the power and the power is in our body. If we are disconnected, we feel no power at all. So we are completely helplessness. Yeah, that's amazing, actually, what you do to help people with that. And and it's the same with the prisoners as well, because you've, you've talked a lot about how you've, um, you know, worked with these really aggressive, big, strong built, muscly men 
and that would to be fair that they are not my my target audience <laughs> um, but i'm fascinated sure. uh, i do i do empathize with you and um think it's fascinating how um you know you're you're um working with these people and making changes and how it changes them and you you don't obviously fear that explosion but in the same sense you know we work with very traumatized children and that yeah. can smash classrooms up and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that are very dangerous in schools um because of you know their anxiety and and their their stress levels um so I guess we just have the smaller versions of what you know I mean it's exactly the same but what I've learned from them is that the nervous system is activating it goes up 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 into a moment that disconnection and then comes the explosion yeah so before some explosion there's been seconds of disconnection because the body are not able to deal with the activation so being connected is one piece when you have a connection with someone, it's more difficult to explode. And I work a lot on, you know, relationships. In the body, there are some different channels that you connect with people. You connect through the eyes. We look at each other, okay? But this can be a trigger. Very much, You yeah. have to know how to use the way that you're looking at people. We use our voices, voices that go slow and softly it's it's calming if you begin to shout is really activating you know yeah we use proximity you we use touch we know how to use that and how to read someone that it's in front of us you know and the other thing i don't fight with them i mean even if they want to fight i don't fight i say okay um it's different it's like a horse i won't fight with a horse we <laughs> are like this yeah <laughs> so they're a lot I'm more bigger done. and powerful than us aren't they and and actually you never you never win when you, no. you <laughs> if you try to do that anyway no. so the thing that as i i've learned as as a female that i am i'm not strong so i've had to learn in a different way <clears throat> you know i i've learned to look I, I i've learned how to be with them be in connection you know um to, to be able to talk and to help. And what I've learned also is that some violent men have been and received a lot of violence in their childhood. Nobody yeah. is violence by, by, you know, the day that you are born. Something happened. And when I begin to ask them what has happened in their childhood, at one point I stopped asking because it was so much. It's like a, a, a behavior, you know, when a horse is violent also, it's like a behavior, it's like a reaction. They have learned to do that to get uh, rid of something else, you know? Yeah, and, and we see that with the traumatized horses that have come through our charity, um, you know, and, and I think what people need to realize as well is this, this is, there's no quick fix. You know, sometimes it can take many months and many years for that nervous yeah. system to be really calm again and in the animal because, um, you know, they're on that hyper alert for danger, aren't they? Because they really have been hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because violence and everything that touches your life at every moment that you feel like this is the end, this is really deep. This is really, really deep. Even if it's only once, 
Yes. When you experience that, that is fearful. I mean, we are not talking about fear of a little spider or something. It's fear for your life. And, and, and that's, that's what that's what um, your nervous system is there for, isn't it? It's there to protect you from real danger. But the 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 thing is, lots of people have a perceived danger, um, and they react because their brain can't work out whether or not they're actually here in the moment, present. Yeah or in the past or in the future. And that's when your nervous system reacts to something yeah. um, outside of the time. But, you know, when you are a little child, you don't have the resources that you have as an adult. So being alone at home is... Big. Many many adults don't have those resources as well. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, usually adults have more resources than children. You know, yeah. but things that as an adult, we think of them as little things are huge for a child. Yes. Being alone, being alone is really a big thing for a child. They don't have the resources as being alone. We can handle, we can phone, we can walk. What does a child alone at home? Where, where does she, she where do they get that connection from? Yeah. And and that touch and that that connection, the love, the, you know, and, and many people we see that come through our programs, the child is totally out of body. They yeah. are totally, you know, if you if you wanted to touch them, then it's like yeah. you couldn't even touch their hand without them going into hyper, hyper, yeah. you know, vigilance of danger, danger, danger. And, you know, even yeah, yeah. working backwards to just try and get that bit of connection and the touches is um, a big job. It's, it's, it's wow. not a five-minute job. No, no, no. It's all the channels that I told you before. I mean, we can get connected looking at each other, touching to each other. But when this look, it's hard. The touch is dangerous. The proximity <laughs> is huge. You know, then everyone that comes into that channel is a danger and the body reacts. And that's another piece where animals can help a lot because they are a bridge. It's much yes. easier to be touched by a horse than to be touched by a human. Absolutely, so, yes. So that bridge that animals bring us, a dog that is coming and they can hug a dog and they cannot hug a person, you know, but it's working with that. When you are hugging this dog, what is happening to you? How do you feel that? How is your breath? How, how is your body? Can you look at me while you feel this connection with the animal? Look at me then. Then you have a, a much more resourced child, you know? From that resourced child, you can look at me and, and relearn. Relearning is always much difficult that learn for the first time. Yes, and it's quite sad, really, that we're not gifted with this knowledge as young parents or young people. You know, we have to go through life and learn this. And so it's it's nice to be able to give something back to the younger generation to help them and their families. And obviously, you know, trauma can go through generations, can't it? Yeah. So, you know, your parents can have passed it to you and you can pass it to your children. And, and it's nice to have that you know even at my age it's nice to be able to have that change now where i can understand trauma and, and i'm not passing that down my line no and helping people i mean childs have mothers mothers have got their own things so it's difficult from a mother that is disconnected from from her body to to hug a child i mean 
I'm a mother of two, so I know what it is to be um, overwhelmed by many things. You know, it's it's difficult at some point. It's difficult, but we we have to come back to our bodies. And one thing, when people get disconnected from their bodies, is because the body is so uncomfortable. It yeah. is not a chosen action. So coming back to the body, you have to be slowly also because the body is uncomfortable. You cannot take someone wah, back to your the body. Just They will find, again, the same activation. You have to be gentle. You have to listen and be at the pace that the body can handle. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the work that we do is really, really important because... Um, lots of people think that healing um, comes from the top down, don't they? They think the talk therapy is the way forward. And, um, you know, that's the way that we're socially expected to go, go to your doctors, go to talk therapy, go to, you know, the children go to CAMS, where actually, um, you know, this work is like life changing for adults and children, but it's actually a bottom-up approach. Yeah, but I think that both are interesting. You have to regulate your body and understand yeah. what is going on. You have yeah. to, you know, everything is connected. I mean, the head is so interesting to have a good head. Head helps a lot, you know, thinking. Uh, I love studying. I spend all, all, all my days studying something. But but you have to have a quiet body to, to let all the knowledge in and yes. be able to use it and to enjoy it. Because for me, life is to enjoy life, if not what for. So Absolutely. And, and this is, you know, a lot of problems that we see with young children is that they're too anxious to absorb the information when learning. And and certainly for me as a as a, a woman, um, I was too anxious as a young woman as a, a child uh, after my trauma to experience any sort of learning. It took me till I was you know in my thirties and forties before I started to learn. So now I feel like I'm on that fast train of learning. Like I need to learn more. I need to learn more because this is fascinating. This is we need to share this. Yeah, but the thing is to get in a in a place from the nervous system that allows your senses to take things into your brain. Yes. I mean, if you yeah. are anxious, your body is only looking for danger is impossible. And also, and, tell me, tell me. Yeah, so, and um, obviously what happens is people go into the reptilian part of their brain, you know, their animal brain. We talked about being an animal and being social, but people go into this animal brain, which is the oldest brain that, that you know, from evolution, isn't it? And yeah. they go into that part of the brain and then the logical part from the front is just not, is not aligned anymore. And so that's where, um, you know, they disconnect from their brain and, and then also from their body. Yeah, it's so frustrating. I mean, now I'm going back to university. I'm studying again. And what happens now is that reading is so tiring for me. To read, read, it makes me like this. It's tiring and it's boring to be seated and, and you know, reading. And what I've done is just to read out, do some recordings Right. I put my voice and I listen to my voice when I feed the horses, whatever. And that comes so slowly in and it's wonderful. It's another channel, you know, it's another way of learning. 
I think also that learning by reading using the eyes so much. The eyes is an important piece of the nervous system. It's the first thing. When something happens, what do you do? You look. When you are in fear, you do like this. When you are in vagal ventral, you do like this. And studying makes you life harder. And, and, and you know, imagine all the time like this. This is like being focused for danger. Yeah. No, we can learn outside. Many of my students come to my place, that it's a beautiful place, you know, and it seems that we are doing nothing because it's beautiful and it's funny. And it, you know, this, this sensation that it seems that work hard, it's important. But if you are just learning differently, it seems that you do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. But actually, the small things are happening in your nervous system, aren't they? And I know that from being there when we went through the woodland and we went down to the round pen. And, you know, you people very often say when they come to my place, oh, gosh, it's so lovely here, isn't it? And that's the small bit of them starting to come down on their nervous system. And that that's got to happen. You've got to feel that safety and and um, and. Um, you know, reduction in, in your nervous system being on hyper alert. Yeah, we have to come back to nature. Yeah, absolutely. It is the way forward with healing and it's there. It's free. And um, being out with animals and being in nature is 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 a, a gift, isn't it? It's, it's a gift that we've been given and we're just not using that resource. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's our medicine, as I tell everybody. <laughs> okay Marta is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we come to an end no that uh, I would like to come to England you have uh, such a beautiful countryside that I love Lee. Uh... oh you, no no you can't say that to me <laughs> when uh, when you have such a beautiful place out there because your place is stunning <laughs> I, I've chosen my place because there are so <laughs> different places in a, in a place that's what I wanted, to bring people different scenarios, different smells, different types of work, different types of light. Um, that was my dream, and at the end I find my property, so um, I'm there for The it. thing that I found fascinating out there, and we still talk about it now, is the wild pigs. Oh, there is a lot of wild pigs and deers, and now we have another animal coming from South America. It's like, a, I don't know the name in English, what's a, a castor? No. The ones that have these two, like, rabbits that eat wood. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have a lot of wild animals. <laughs> Eagles, you know, we have domestics and wild, <laughs> trying to be together. <coughs> Brilliant. Okay, Marta. Thank you for joining me today. I've really enjoyed talking to you, as always, and I could probably talk to you forever. But if anybody wants to get hold of you, how do they get hold of you? Well, I'm uh, on different social media. It just to put my name, Marta Sirera. It's different. It's it can be a little bit difficult for for English to spell that. But I'm on Facebook, on on Instagram. They can find me or an uh, somatic experiencing uh, list. Instructor, yeah, yeah. Um, and what we'll do is we'll make sure that we put your link to your website in in um, our podcast and anything else that we put out Thank there you. on social media so that they can find you. Thank you so much. And I would like to come to the UK and, and be able to share that with all these 
people. Yeah, well, what we'll do is we'll put some um, information out to all of our um, email list. Um, and obviously, you know, our instructors that have been working with us this year, um, you know, we can um, also um, pass your details on for them to learn more about what you do. And maybe they can come and join us when you come to us oh, yeah, in, uh, in May. If they want a little bit of sun, they will find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope it doesn't rain when you come. We don't need it to yeah. rain. No, it's no. We we don't have much rain. That's a pity now with the water. Much much yeah. dry But anyway, okay. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you so much for joining me, Marta. And uh, if anybody wants any information about Marta and the amazing work that she does, we're going to pop the notes in the bottom of the podcast. Thank you, Marta. Thank you. This is Taking Back the Reins podcast. I'm Dina Shale. In this show, you'll learn how to recover and thrive by working with horses through trauma-informed equine-facilitated learning because it's time for you to take back the reins.